Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hiya, I'm Jan Brereton, and this is Everybody is a Poem. It's a podcast of poems, people and profanities. <laughs> They're unfiltered conversations about all things real life. So yes, there will be swearing, ma. Don't be ringing me now telling me we were listening to you and your language was disgraceful. OK, so before I introduce my guest for this episode, don't forget you can support me further by subscribing to the Head Stuff Plus, where you can get exclusive access to Behind the Lions. It's a serialisation of the poems from my book, What Day Is It? Who Gives a Fuck? And in each episode, I share all the secrets, the people, the places and all the little kind of inspirations of the poetry in my little yellow book. You can go to headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register to find out more. Today with me, I have the gorgeous Lipstick loving, just like me, Eileen McHugh. Thanks for coming in. Come on, Eileen. There, we had to get it out. Uh, get it out of the way now. It's great to be here. That's a lovely intro. Thanks. <laughs> you I said you hear that song every day. If do I you? don't hear it once every day, I get worried. Someone <laughs> sings it to me somewhere <laughs> along. It's a great song. I love it. I learned about you when I read an article about you recently in the Sunday Indo. The Life Independent. Yeah. God, it's funny, you know the way you pick up like the Sunday papers and they could be sitting there for a week and I might be reading them like the following Tuesday or something. Mm. But um, I read your profile page. It was, you just want to know, was it a Social Enterprise Award you, you have yeah, just won? Social yeah, Social Entrepreneurs Ireland Impact Award. So there was five national winners and yeah. we were one of them, so. For your social enterprise, which is called Hair Together, Hair Together, yeah. which is amazing. God, I seem to have loads of hairdressers in as well. <laughs> I had Andrew Fitzsimons in, but yeah. So I was interested in talking to you because um, I had a brother called Alan. He was in addiction for. I would say actually, I was just thinking about it last night. It was kind of most of his adult life. I think he was probably around fifteen, maybe when he started kind of dabbling with same as drugs. Me. Same as you, and it's mad because I feel I've never spoken as much about him since he's been gone, and I've a huge amount of regret actually that I didn't speak to him or learn more about his addiction in a way or you know, how he was feeling when he was alive. I think actually, even with the writing and stuff, because um, I do write about him a lot, in a weird way, I feel like I'm kind of learning to be more compassionate with him, even though he's not here anymore. Building a better understanding maybe of him and how he was and why maybe he kind of went down the road that he did um, and kind of doing it with, zero judgment whereas when he was alive I gotta tell you I carried a lot of judgment mm. what I was so impressed with reading about your story was you know I recognise kind of elements of it 
with regards to my brother's story. And I'd love to share some of that with you, if that's okay. And I I was telling you, I had Philly McMahon in here last episode. And we spoke about kind of the impact on siblings and stuff, you know, when there's someone in your family in addiction. And yeah, well, there's there's only the two of us. So and I was always the telltale in our family. My brother was always getting up to mischief. (laughs) He always got caught. And I was always the one that was like, "Mom, Alan's after doing this, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a little terror, really. What's the age gap? Because I'm trying to... Three years. Yeah, do you have siblings? There's six of us, and you remind me of my little sister. She would have been in the same kind of position as you. She looked out for me, even though she was three years younger. Yeah. She actually didn't rattle me much, in fairness. Like, she actually was really, really supportive. She was, like, the older one. Okay. Um, and I was the menace. You were the but menace. it was really tough for her, like. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, kind of your, I suppose, introduction to drugs and, yeah. you know, how that kind of, how, 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 do you know what, look, when you get to a certain age, there's things that you maybe will dabble with. Yeah. Where, where does that go from kind of teenage dabbling and then you know kind of addiction or full-blown yeah yeah well my my started dabbling when I was 12 years old I had my first oh my god lift when I was 12 so okay. that's really really young yeah and I look at my daughters now and I couldn't imagine like they wouldn't get away with anything with me I've been there done that and I'm aware and I'm watching but I think back then there wasn't really lots of awareness around drugs it was kind of a new thing um, and I grew up in Ballymun mm. which was um, like it was rough just like no two yeah. words about it um, they talk about kind of adverse childhood experiences and mm-hmm. they um, I've loads of them and some of them from growing up there some of them from being around drugs and alcoholism and violence and when you're growing up through that like drugs is just a kind of a solution to your pain Um, people talk about peer pressure and drug pushers and different things I never had any of that I had to actively seek out ways to feel better Um, and by the time I hit 15 I was um, that was my first experience with heroin I was already taking ease acid cocaine Mm. so I progressed pretty quickly um, from mm. 12 years of age and I had to find new friends so it was something in me um, later on I was diagnosed with clinical depression and at um, what age? I was I remember attending uh, St. Vincent's um, it's like a psychiatric hospital for adolescents so yeah. maybe 16, 17 okay and um, I remember they tried me on lots of different medications and stuff and like some of it gave me worse side effects than the anxiety and the depression I was feeling already so yeah heroin was like my best friend it made all of that kind of go away wow tell me a little bit about hair together hair together happened really organically mm-hmm. like it wasn't something we set out to do um I was actually uh, doing a stint as vice chairperson in the Satanta GAA club. Um, mm-hmm. I was a player and vice chair. And there was, like, there's always sort of problems. You notice um, problems with the 
the youth in, within the club um, and you can recognise yourself in some of them but there was a particular time where there was a, a few of the juvenile section um, players um, messing with crack cocaine. Fuck me. And Jan, they were 13 and 14 years of age. So that hit me, like you can imagine. Um, <laughs> so I was just trying to think, like, like it's really disheartening that things haven't moved on since the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And that stuff is still really, really prevalent. Like, And I remember going through all the f- services myself, like YAP, um, the youth groups, counsellors. I'm not saying they didn't work. They probably did plant some kind of seeds towards where I ended up. But there's none of them that kind of changed me or torn me. So a hairdressing gave me an amazing gift. It got me... It built me confidence. I was able to be creative. Um, I met people that I wouldn't normally get to speak to in a different world. Like it's like when I stood behind that chair, um, all my anxiety, everything went, and it was the first time that I actually didn't want to use drugs or I didn't think about drugs. But on, yeah. the, way, on the bus on the way home, I used to switch back to that kind of panic. Um, so I knew there was something special there, and I explored it. Um, I actually went and studied after treatment. I went and studied psychology. Did you? I did it for a year. um, But I kind of knew I wasn't able to help people at that level pretty quick. So here together is like a combination of both where you're kind of touching people. I work backstage. You have similar experience. So I'm sure you understand like the magic of backstage. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I actually love it. And it's kind of how you have to be backstage, how you have to operate, how you have to kind of understand your team. And I think that's what we do in Hair Together. So the end goal of Hair Together is that we work for 10 weeks. Yeah. And we create a catwalk style fashion show. Yeah. Where they get to show off what they learned over the 10 weeks in front of family and friends. So yeah, it's like we focus on the strengths and weaknesses and we do hairdressing barbering and it's kind of an individual journey for everybody it's not this week we're doing this this week we're doing that and the whole process has a wraparound personal development part to it so um i'm the hairdresser tony's the barber and Gemma's the psychotherapist and we're all in recovery and we're all from the area oh my god yeah, it's actually magic that ser- it does sound like magic can i ask you what was the kind of catalyst for you to get better what what kind of what changed for you when i had um my daughter yeah she yeah. made me want to get better like, yeah yeah i stopped using drugs and stopped smoking cigarettes everything when i was pregnant oh yeah it's just like a switch yeah i knew i had so i didn't mind hurting myself wow but when there's somebody else in counting on you and needs you to be okay to develop it just it was just different yeah um and that wasn't even enough when leah was one i started using again um, and okay. i found it really hard i kept it together for a year but um it's like when the stress of even like i hadn't developed properly from years of using drugs um, and i could i couldn't cope yeah um and i started dabbling again but when you you kind of pick up where you left off. It's not the slow, gradual okay. thing again. So um, when she was one, I started again and 
I kept it up till she was four until I was physically like it was either death or get better so yeah. it's like as much as you don't want to be hurting the people around you yeah and you really don't like yeah and when your brother tells you I'm gonna stop I'm gonna get my shit together he totally meant it like and yeah. I totally meant it. I just couldn't do it like yeah yeah and then the system's not really great for helping you either like i was really lucky i had my own money i was um you were still working as well just barely uh, yeah it's horrific like yeah yeah over the years you know honestly our relationship wouldn't have been particularly good it's like i stayed in that role of the rat (laughs) you know what i mean and the you can't be doing that. I'm telling mom and dad or and then it was, you know, you can't be doing that. This isn't look at all the pain you're causing and whatever else, you know. And again, and it's only since he's gone. God, I have huge regret as well that, you know, um, that I wasn't able to be as compassionate with him in life. Um, But he didn't want to be that way. He's just, you know, yeah. um, but I found so when I f- was pregnant with my daughter and because there's only the two of us. You know, this was the first and only grandchild uh, um, to come. And uh, there was a real lightness about him. And you could see that he was, you could see he went through periods of time where, you know, he'd kind of gather himself, get himself together. And then, you know, me and Philly were talking about it the last time we were saying, like, there's no feeling in the world like knowing that your loved one is doing well, you know, and you're like, it's like they're back, yeah. you know. Did you, like, did your, you were talking about, like, your younger sister and stuff like that. Did she ever kind of sit down and talk with you about your, how how things were going for you? You were saying she was looking out for you and stuff, like, where I was there. What are you doing? Like, I wanted to fucking shake him sometimes. And well, I'm like sorry I never sat angry. down with him in the way I'm sitting down with you. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Trying to understand better when he was here. You know, I suppose that's retrospectively in a way. I feel when I meet people like you and Philly and others, and even when I do the writing, that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sense of him now, you know? But if you had a sat down with him back then, like he, his mind is off somewhere else, like twenty four seven. That's yeah. all you think about. Yeah. And you're sitting there talking, and it's like Homer and The Simpsons, and Marge is giving out to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Some goes in, but really, you're, you you don't be in his face to. Yeah. To listen and like. I'm a really good person. I know I am. Yeah. I, I really am, and I was the same person back then. Yeah. I was a menace to society. I was like, it's not real. It's like whatever your brother was doing or to hurt you, like it's not, it's not real. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah. But you're still, like I'm still the same person. Yeah. And did your sister then, did she ever kind of, what was, I'm talking about your younger sister, obviously yeah. I know. There's <laughs> a seven year gap between the older four as well. So um, they didn't see as much or they weren't, involved yeah. they, they they knew I had a problem and they helped out as best they could but um Gemma suffered the most she ended up going into um her own recovery through my recovery um so she started seeing things that were up a whore or she was connecting with the conversations in the room and understanding that um she had a drink problem right she had a problem with um 
prescription medication. Yeah, so she had a lot of the similar things that I did. It's yeah. just I chose heroin, which took me to my knees. Yeah. But she was happy able to function. And yeah. I think loads of people do that. I think so many people. So it's going to sound mad. Sometimes I feel lucky that I got to the stage I got because it has me where I am now. And if I had a job and I was able to function, I just carried on and carried yeah. on and carried on. And it was lucky for her then that she got her eyes opened through my treatment. And that's what happens. One person gets well and it just it has a ripple effect. Yeah. It's a crazy journey. Yeah. But like. I'm really happy with who I am now, so it's like. Yeah. I'm kind of not glad I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> happy. But like I'm really happy now. I'm grateful. I'm yeah. content. I used to pray for that. Like my mind would be. Oh, it's just horrific, like going through that addiction. You're tormented. That's the word. Like yeah, tormented. Tormented. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. like I never had suicidal thoughts, but I would happily just not wake up in the morning. It was yeah. like so hard. And think of the amount of energy and what it takes to stay. Yeah. To keep you in your habit. It's yes. Yeah. Or the pain that you're in. That's what I. You know, it's and the pain you that think you're. When you're at that stage, I could not see. If you had showed me a picture of where I am now. Yeah. Back when I was there, yeah. I would have literally laughed. I, you can't imagine another way. Yeah. You think this is it, like. Yeah. Come here, are you enjoying the show? Check out this other show on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Are you interested in the world of the strange? Do you find yourself becoming obsessed with true crime and unsolved mysteries? Do you look to the night sky hoping to see something that you can't explain? I'm Dennis Murphy, host of Something Strange, a bi-monthly podcast about tales of the weird and the unexplained. Get Something Strange wherever you get your podcasts with additional bonus content for subscribers on headstuffpodcasts.com. Something Strange, out now on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Can I ask you about shame? Like, do you remember, did you ever have a sense of shame? Because it can be such, it's such a powerful thing, a hugely negative emotion. Yeah. But it could also be the thing that kind of flicks a switch as well, I think, sometimes. Do you know, it's like, um, you feel shame, right? Because you don't want to be like that. Yeah, like I can see my sister and my mum and my daughter and I'm ashamed that I'm like this and I want nothing but to get better. And yeah. I promise myself, all right, I'm going to do this, this and this. And you just can never do it. Yeah. You can't do it. It's so hard. Like, And then maybe so that in the, itself then builds yeah. this, like, oh, I can't even do that. And yeah. 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 But like, you get over it. I don't feel any shame now about no. none. And I did some some stuff that like is not really cool but I did it from a place that I was at the moment in time so it's like yeah I'm sorry I did it yeah but for the girl I was back then that was doing it I wasn't doing it from a bad place I was doing it to 
obviously to keep my habit going and to keep myself right. And I yeah. was taking heroin to soothe whatever I was feeling. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, so drugs made me feel better. Heroin was like my best friend. Mm. If you could just sometimes see past the the addiction that's there before you, yeah. you know, I never, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know if my brother had any personal pain. I genuinely don't. I never got to that with him. Uh, and I kind of, in a way, I think I, I said this to you before when I was talking to you on the phone. It was like the addiction got in the way of my relationship with him. So before I approached him as my brother, I saw him as an addict first and that was wrong, really. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just think, you know, you just don't know why people do these things. And usually it's to mask or to bam some deep, deep, deep pain. Like I can't tell you specifically what it was. Yeah. But what I did realise was um, I was really lucky I got to... Uh, spend a while in Greece and it was the first time that I got I was taken out of Ballymun yeah and it was the first time I experienced something different like I, it was a different culture people were different um, food like everything. just to, yeah. it was the first time I started looking back and seeing or understanding the real issues that was back home yeah and there was just a lot like yeah the society Ballymun in general um, yeah and just their whole way, the whole drink thing, the drink culture, yeah. drugs culture. Um, yeah. And it just opened my mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was able to kind of question stuff then. Yeah. Um, and then I found hairdressing, which gave me another <sighs> outlook on life. So I think it's if you can take people outside and give them a different experience, because that's the only thing that helped me. You can really? send me to the counsellors, you can send me wherever do you know what I mean it's until you feel something or connect with something and like connection, that's yeah. what we give we give an experience in hair together and it might not be the hair that you like but you might just like working as a team or you might kind of look at the photographer that does the show with us and say I might be interested in that or yeah, what you will learn along the way is like the little wellness practices like yeah. you might learn like when you're suffering with anxiety like anything helps do you know what I mean if you learn to take a breath or do you know what I mean meditation I'm not I would have been totally against it airy fairy whatever um, but it works and yeah. if you can incorporate those little bit when you're getting like that yeah um, and it's just all those little things that helps and how many years in like what 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 do you say actually um you know some people say i'm in recovery some people say i'm clean some people I'm say I'm, I yeah don't, i never like it doesn't matter what happens um i haven't wanted a drug in i couldn't even tell you people count how many years they have right like my 10 years came and went and i was like oh that was 10 years there three months ago i don't count it i don't yeah. dwell on it i don't i my life is full now with like so many things and like we're here together and my own business I can get overwhelmed sometimes and before I get anywhere I stop I ask for help I go to counselling yeah. but I'm, I've never been at the stage where I want to take drugs in I couldn't even tell you that's amazing so I don't count anymore but that's 14 years yeah and I'd say 
Five years is still early recovery. Seven years is still early recovery. Yeah. It takes so long. Long. But you just have to hang in there and like bit by bit and year by year, if you keep working on yourself and it's not even that hard. People say do the work. What is the work? The work is just like, I used to wonder that. They used to be saying just do the work. It's just doing your best and Mm. that's it. One Mm. foot in front of the other. You don't have to know. I have all the answers like hair together. That was something that wasn't planned, but that touched me inside. Oh, it's just so, so brilliant. I you literally know? left my job and changed my whole circumstances to grow it. And it's grown and it's amazing. We're just finished a 10 week course with Tusla. We're part of the, um, so that's like young people in care. Yeah. It was an amazing 10 weeks. They were so cool. Um, played their graduation then um, and at that graduation we have people in our previous programs that came to assist so like once you're with us you're with us and it's not that we look after we don't concentrate on the problem we're literally trying to nurture things that's in the community already like when we started out nobody even knows our stories yeah I mean we didn't say oh we're here to do this we're just offering something different for yeah people to develop personally have an experience maybe want to explore a little bit more afterwards and that's what it is an inside out job it's like the same as you can come in and try and crack down on drugs and from the top down but really it's the same as getting well yourself it's from the inside out you couldn't help your brother to get better Mm. he had to do it from the inside out and it's the same in a community setting Mm. that's how it has to work like Mm. so if you focus on what's right and not what's wrong Usually oh. it just happens like focus on so what's right and natural. not what's wrong. I love that. It's so natural like and it's yeah. amazing and I cry all the time because I get so happy about what we're doing. Okay, I'm going to read you a poem. There's a section in the book called Him. And people say to me, "Who's him? Is it your husband there?" But it's that him is actually my brother. Um and I've a picture. So these are the little drawings. There's a picture of a BMX bike there and that was my brother's bike which he loved oh no it's not a BMX it's a Rally Borner this was like the first representation of me I feel not looking after my brother because he got that bike and he absolutely loved it and it was the real classic Rally Borner it was royal blue and yellow and it was just as pride and joy and the two of us were up in Duns in Kildamana and we were going into, there was a little news agent's Tuttles or one of them. And they had deadly, you know, like the penny sweets and all the rest. And we went up together and there was like a porchway. And he went in to get his sweets. And my only job was to look after his bike. And I was there. I was obviously lost in my own world. And he came out with his little bag of sweets. And his bike was gone. No way. And... I always feel, you know, I wasn't looking out for him. I wasn't looking out for his bike, you know. It, it, someone came and fucking took it under our noses. Like, this was the time. I don't, how old are you? 43. 43, sometime. okay. Yeah, I'm 47. But, uh, so, there was a time in, to where we lived. I mean, I laugh at it now, but, like, it was fucking terrible. You know, like, there'd be shopping trolleys of shopping robbed yeah. in the car parks like you know pe- your stuff in yeah like. <laughs> uh, or like Somebody you wouldn't hang your, your goods off the that's line. what I was going to say to you you wouldn't yeah. put your good clothes on the line no. because it, it'd be fucking nicked 
so this bike was literally wrapped from under my nose. I mustn't have been more than kind of 10. Yeah. Anyway, there's two poems here. One of them is called Get Up the Yard. I'll read this one, I think. Um, And the other one is called I Love You, Ma. And I Love You, Ma is a conversation between him and my mom. But I'll read Get Up the Yard. And I wrote this because I was just thinking of him. You know, he was always, he was so tall. I wrote it really thinking about all the kind of pressures that just on kind of young men be a certain way or, you know, have all these certain things. Um, Okay, here we go. Let's get up the yard. Get up the yard. Go out and play. You can't stay in all day each day. Stand up straight. Pronounce your words. Wear nice clothes or you won't get boards. Work your balls off. Save some cash. Don't get mixed up in drink and hash. Keep your job. Hand up to your mad. Go joy riding with your mates in a car. Get up. Sign on. Don't miss your slot. Don't lose your temper with your ma. Fix up. Stand straight. Try not to skag. Find a safe place for your sleeping bag. Get up the yard. One final time. Just one little hit. Another line. I've never read that out loud. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. It kind of feels like it's like a life from start to finish in a few kind of lines um, I've also written a couple of poems full of love for him as well because he wasn't just that and that's the other thing I think is really important and even seeing you and talking to you you're not just your addiction you're not just the fucking drugs that you take or yeah. the drinks that you drink but we're really hard to be around when we are like that <sighs> so we don't ever feel bad oh thanks like, for saying really that really like <laughs> we know the damage we do as well and like that guilty you feel yeah about not being there for your brother yeah I have that guilt for putting that on my sister yeah so guilt's kind of a useless emotion it really. is isn't it yeah yeah that's all we were able for I suppose that's you know our relationship is what it is but I know he loved me yeah um, yeah, that's as much. That's, yeah, I think he would, and everyone said that actually after he died. God, he was so proud of you. I feel I'll probably come away today and start writing something after talking to you. Uh, but I always ask people when they come on, my guests, if I was to write a poem about you today, what would be the theme? Um, it's too many tears today, but I'll try to say this. <laughs> um, I think like. A really strong message would be hope. Hope, yeah. Like, if there's addicts out there listening, like your brother, like me back then, that they can hear someone like me and think, all right. Do you know what I mean? When I was back then, I couldn't have imagined a different life. And I think with podcasts and the likes of the stuff you're doing, people get to hear more and see more of the positive stuff. So hope. Hope for parents to have teenagers dabbling with drugs and they're stressed out like I'm a single mother hope for single mothers that kind of are going through similar just hope there's hope there's always hope yeah there is your hope sitting right in front of me here you give hope and it's a gift and 
I think it inspires others then to, do you know what I mean, pass it on. A big thing is, right, and I really believe this, if you do good, good things happen. Yeah. I swear to God, there's nothing truer. Like, if yeah. you're true to yourself and yeah. you're honest and you're hardworking and stuff comes back to you. Yeah. Like, we've, we're a multi-award winning social enterprise now. Yeah. We have had so much support, so much, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but that's it. I think that's just a universal law. Do the right thing, and it just comes back. back. But that gives you hope in itself. We need more of that. More of that, and more of talking about people who are doing hopeful things and people who are doing good, and they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Like this whole new world's after opening up with people like people in here together, social entrepreneurs that are like passionate. Like if people were to hear a fraction of what goes on in that world. Yeah. To be more hope. It's yeah. amazing, like. Yeah. Oh, Eileen. Hope. hope. That's it. Eileen, thank you so much for coming on to my You're little welcome. pod so and for crying with me. It's always good to have a buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep in touch. I'd love to get involved in any way I can with you as well. Shows. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to come up and see what you're doing. Um, more than welcome yes. I'll let you know when the next graduation is yeah thank you okay my love <laughs> oh. thanks for listening see we're not really strangers are we I'd love to hear any of your thoughts you'll find me on Instagram at jbgoodtome Join me in a fortnight for the next episode. And come here, in the meantime, you can support me by becoming a member of Headstuff Plus, where you'll be able to access some bonus content. It's called Behind the Lines, where I let you into all the secrets and the people and the places behind the lines of the poems from my little yellow book. Go on, I know you want it. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.